0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark, and uh, anywhere you want to in Mark, we'll get there sooner or later. No, go to Mark chapter 4, and uh, I want to continue right where I left off with an exciting passage that's helped me so much. I appreciate it so much. You know, I appreciate the UPS, uh, you know, that's United Postal Service, I think it is, isn't it, Brother Jim? Is so what that stands for, or stay up late as you can to get the package there. But I also like our, our um, OPS. That's Oglesby Postal Service, amen. I saw them going up and down the aisles, handing out those cards, and that is called the Christmas Card uh, uh, Post Office, and we hadn't explained that like we should probably, but uh, instead of uh, paying 50 cents a card to send it to your friend, you just get a little donation to Master Club, and uh, they deliver your mail right here personally with a smile, and uh, it's called OPS, Amen oglesby postal service amen i appreciate that appreciate the hard work they put in sorting all those cards out and i've got a lot more cards since that started than i would you mailing it. i mean y'all too cheap to pay 50 cents amen no but uh no not really we don't even mail any but uh, anyway thank god for you and i appreciate all the fellowships yesterday uh everybody rubbed it in because i wasn't there of course i was at the funeral where i ought to be but i sure missed that food and missed the good time the glory class had and i believe also they went ahead and had the Christmas party without Brother Jason, and he's the teacher. I can't believe that. Clash, I'll just go ahead. You don't need a teacher. Just go ahead and have a party. Amen. But anyway, they had a good time. No, they had it. He told them to go ahead and do that. But I want to tell you about these fellowships. They're necessary. And I want to tell you something. Some of you don't understand the ministry. Ministry is called people. Okay, if you don't get to loving people and knowing people, just get out of the ministry. Don't even try to attempt to be in the ministry because it's about people. Had a guy one time at uh, Uh, His name was, I won't tell you his name. Uh, But anyway, he was out in uh, North Augusta, Martinez, Georgia, and he went to Larry Brown and said, Hey, I love the ministry of the people, I just can't stand. And Brother Larry said, Hey, I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to get out of the ministry, because that's all it is is people and hearts and burdens and getting to know people and relationships. So these parties are not just parties. It's get to know each other, amen? And I appreciate classes doing that and having parties. I hate missing them. I'm a party animal. I love to go and eat and eat and eat. And uh just have a good time together and they just had a really good time at the uh, uh, fellowship. matter of fact, Miss Rose made cups for everybody and it said, Pastor Wayne, out on visitation had a big boat. My fishing boat's called uh, visitation. out on visitation, y'all get it, amen and so they, I really appreciate that coffee cup and Miss Connie appreciated her gift and everybody at the place got a gift, and they had a good time, played bingo, they didn't gamble. I heard brother Howard. Uh, Chlor did, but that's all right. Uh, he, can get away with it. he can get away with it since he's going to have a rough week. And so they, I think they gambled a little on the side, but uh, not, not much, uh, maybe a piece of cake or something. But anyway, um, I, you know, uh, it's good to have fun, amen? You know, I, I, I enjoy this Christianity. I ain't going to put no sour face on. I ain't been baptized in persimmon juice. I've been baptized by the blood of Jesus into the, into the family of God, Amen. And I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying being a Christian. My heart's broken. I have mixed emotions because I love Brother Gary so much. But we're just going to pray for a miracle, amen? And you pray for the Kitchens family. I want to tell you something. You've been proud of one of our deacons yesterday, Brother Al, had to substitute the last minute for Brother Gary. He had to preach the funeral of his father-in-law, and that was very, very hard. And uh, he did a wonderful job. And, of course, Brother Carl Braswell closed it out with the main service, but he did a wonderful job. Stepping in at the last minute for Brother Gary. And Brother Gary just sat on the third row weeping because he couldn't preach. Now, I want to say this. I preached over 8,000 sermons behind this pulpit or the pulpit sitting here. And I don't take for granted my health. But one day I'll preach my last message here. And I'm not trying to be morbid or anything, but I want to give it everything I got every time I stand up here. So if I get a little enthusiastic, just excuse me. I'm preaching like it's my last message. And you ought to listen Like it's your last message. So if any of you go to sleep, I don't believe a thing you're thinking. Amen. Uh, You ought to be excited about the word of God and and hearing the word of God. And an amen once in a while uh, is is wonderful. And I pay 25 cents for every amen. Those girls, y'all get that? Y'all didn't get that, did you? Well, they perked up then. Oh, 25 cents. Let's get this going. Amen. But anyway, let's go tomorrow. I really don't. I really don't. I'm just kidding. I ain't started preaching yet, so I'm just kidding. Okay. They'll hold me to it. They'll start amen and shouting over there about 20 times. Amen. All right, let's stand on the word of God. Verse 26, chapter 4, Mark. How many glad to be in the house of God say amen? Amen. I'm glad to be anywhere. Amen. And I want to show a video at the end of the service about uh, a barred kitchen. Uh, Just a very uh, uh, quick video. And I want to tell you something. We need to pray for our missionaries. I was talking to Brother Jeremy about the baby, Baby Bo. And he's got a long name. Uh, It's a... it's a COSA name. He clicked when he said it, too. A COSA name. And he said, we're, gonna, we're just going to abbreviate it to Bo, because it was Boyato Ottawa or something. I don't know what it was. I said, you put that on him? He says, yeah, his first name's James. Amen. And uh, Rebecca's doing good, Dad. And uh, thank God for that. Then Kevin had to go to the hospital, and uh, he didn't want anybody to know, but he had a nosebleed so bad that they had to do major surgery for three hours on him. But he was sitting in church this morning, and Mark Coffey was preaching. That's the kind of man of God Brother Kevin is. You ain't going to keep him down. But he didn't want anybody to know, but I'm going to tell you, he had surgery. So if y'all want to call him up, send him a card, let him know. Just thank God you hear here this morning. Amen. Verse 26, and he said, so is the kingdom of God. It is a man should cast seed under the ground. Get this picture now. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of her, first the blade, y'all underline that word, then the ear, there's another key word, and after that, a full corn in the ear. Full corn of ear. A full full ear of corn. Amen. But look at verse 29. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the health and strength to be here this morning. We do pray for our brother Gary. We pray for Brother Kevin, we pray for um, Rebecca and and Jeremy and little Bo, and I just pray, dear God, that you'd bless and help and touch. And Lord, we thank you for your care, and Lord, we just have, have your will. Please, God, work a miracle in all these situations. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the privilege to preach. Thank you, dear God, for this parable of the growing seed that set me free this morning as far as the pressure in preaching. So, Lord, thank you, dear God, for what you're going to teach us this morning and tonight. Uh, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I hope you all don't mind me continuing my message on Sunday night, or you all would be here all day. Amen. And I like it that way, and that also gets you to come back. By the way, when's the last time you had the Lord's Supper on Sunday night? You ought to think about the importance of the Sunday night service, the Lord's Supper. Amen. We're going to have it on Christmas uh, communion. It'll be on the Sunday before Christmas. We have a special candlelit uh, Lord's Supper. Hope you'll be with us on that Sunday night. I believe it's the 23rd or 22nd or somewhere. Well, it's next Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Boy, the year's flown by. Amen. You know, being involved in the spreading of the gospel can be one of the most discouraging things in the world. Now, let me explain myself. Sometimes our efforts just seem futile, and they seem fruitless. Uh, preachers will preach the word, and uh, there's little or no response, and I'm not looking for a full altar. I'm looking for a full heart and a full attention. But, you know, you can spend six, seven hours on a message and preach it and look out and see about five or six guys snoring. That's pretty discouraging. Amen? I've never seen a lady snore in church, but they probably covered up. But anyway, um, and, and I know it's hard. It's hard for me to listen. It's hard for me to stay awake sometimes. But, you know, folks, it can be discouraging. You can knock on doors till you're blue in the face, your knuckles are raw, and you can tell people about Jesus. It seems like people are not interested, and you wonder if you're really doing any good. Now, how many of you preachers have been through that? Uh, teachers, have you been through that? Maybe this morning they looked at you like a mule looking at a new manger. You know, I mean, just, you know, there's just, uh, just no interest, no enthusiasm, no response at all. And we don't preach for response, but I want to tell you something, it don't hurt have a little response, amen. It don't hurt to have a little nod of the head and coming back up, and it doesn't hurt to live it and walk it and hear the testimonies of God's people after a preacher takes the seed to the heart of the hearer. And so, folks, a lot of times you go out and knock on doors, you're ridiculed, you're ignored, uh, you're attacked, but most of the times today you're just um, just, uh, uh, avoided. They see you come and knock on the door, Like one time a little boy came to the door and said, my mama told me to tell you, preacher, she wasn't home. I said, would you go back and tell your mama to stop telling you to be a liar? No, I didn't say that. I said, okay, fine, I'll be back soon. And I came back the next day and called her. But I want to tell you something, folks, the gospel should be shared. The gospel should be planted. You ought to get excited about the gospel ministry. I want to tell you something, I don't like to have anything in this church, including parties, or socials, or get-togethers, unless the gospel is shared one sh- way, shape, or form. I used to call them soul winning parties when I was in Claxton. We'd go to Statesboro, Georgia, and before we'd go to McDonald's, which was a big deal because we didn't have a McDonald's in our little 3,000 um, community, uh, little Claxton, podunk, hollow, middle of nowhere town, and then we'd go to Glenville, and it'd be littler, and we'd go up to Metter, and we'd usually take the bus, about 80 kids, and we would go to a community and we'd saturate the whole town like, uh, like uh, Pol- uh, Pulaski or, or Meadow or, uh, or, you know, some of the suburbs of Statesboro. Then we would go and have our fun. And folks, the kids would really work and it would be exciting. So I like to have the gospel spread. And folks, but sometimes it cannot be uh, so exciting. And this, this, these verses have encouraged me more than any verses that i preach preached in a long time that it's worth it and that God is always working behind the scenes. I'd like to preach to you just a few minutes on the parable of the growing seed. The parable of the growing seed. You know, first of all, I want you to notice in verse 26 and 27, and I'll be very brief this morning, and it's a good thing since it's 15 till, but there is a steadfast work. There's a work for you to do. There's a work for you to do. I want to tell you something, folks. Verse 26 and 27 says this, and he said, So the kingdom of God is as a man should cast seed into the ground. Who is that? That's a farmer. How many of you all are farmers? Raise your hand. How many has ever grown anything? Don't look at me. I can't even grow hair on my head. But okay, amen. Uh, some of you have grown tomatoes once in a while or okra or, or whatever. Uh, I, I just rejoice when the grass grows so I can cut it with my big long mower that Brother Howard fixed the other day. But I want to tell you something, friend. God help us to realize that we're farmers, and we need to have a farmer mentality. I want to tell you something. I was in that farmer community, and I enjoyed all four years. I was down in Claxton almost all four years. Uh, We had some tribulation and trials. But I'll tell you something, friend. Those farmers, when you got them saved, they meant business. And, boy, they were good workers, and they were faithful because they knew the faith of planting a seed. They knew that God had to intervene for them to have a harvest. And so he compares the kingdom of God to a farm and to a farmer. And he said, and they should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. Now here's the mystery of it, folks. First of all, there's a work. It depicts a farmer sowing, which is a work of faith. We have to call, folks, we have been called to sow the seed. Look at the last chapter of Mark, verse uh, sixteen. chapter 16, verse 15, I believe it is, that the NIV leaves completely out of the text. It says, And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Folks, it's a commandment that we go into the world and preach or sow the seed. Look at Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, please. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He said you need to go and you need to teach. Teach what? Teach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. So, folks, listen, we got a job to do, and it's a job of faith. It's a job like a farmer. We plant the seed, and, and God gives the increase. But God needs laborers. We're co-laborers together. That's why I love you and I hope you love me and I love to work and serve God together. I love to go visiting with some people and, and have fellowship in between visits. I love to see God work and I love to share that with others. And folks, but I'll tell you what, I love it when God goes with me and God stays after I leave and God goes before I get there and God does the work and God does give the increase and it's of God that we're saved. Amen. It's not by man's effort. And, folks, I want you to know Paul uh, taught this to young Timothy in 1 Timothy. Look at it, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and look at verse 12 through 15. The Bible says this. Boy, I'm so glad I could be here this morning and pray for my brother and pray for the baby and pray for Brother Kevin. Folks, it's a house of prayer. We ought to thank God we're able to pray, uh, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace. But 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, that he has enabled me. You hear that? He's enabled you. He's given you freedom in this country. You might want to say what you want to about Trump, and you might want to say everything you want about Pence, but I'll tell you what, friend, I thank God we have the freedom to have religious liberty in this country that we've got. And I believe we've got a space of grace, uh, folks, and it's not going to last long where we can plant the seed without being arrested in America. That we can plant the seed and not be harassed in America. Thank God for the freedom that we have. And folks, that's a divine entrustment. And folks, listen, the Bible says, I've been able, I'm able. Uh, Listen to this now, I thank God, Christ Jesus, that he has enabled me, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the what? Ministry. God calls everyone into the ministry. Look at verse uh, uh, 13. It says, for who, who was before a blasphemer a persecutor, injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And he says, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 15. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. If anybody ever tells you they're too wicked to be saved, point back to that verse and tell them, listen, if God will save the chief, he can save the Indians too. Say amen. Praise God. Folks, he, have you killed Christians for being Christians lately? I don't think so. But Paul did and he still got saved and he still got forgiveness and he still received mercy. Say amen. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 next door. Going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and look at verse 4. The Bible says, but as he were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. He's teaching Timothy. You've been trusted, you've been entrusted, you're a steward of the gospel. What's a steward? That means you ought to take good care of it. And folks, I want to tell you something. The seed does not belong in the barn. The seed belongs in the ground. And there's a lot of soil that's not prepared. And that that, uh, sermon set me free too about the pressures of preaching. But I want to say this and I want to say it clearly. God help us not to get so used to church that we don't care if sinners get saved or not. God help us to not get so enamored about Bible study that we don't study how to make ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed. That's a four-letter dirty word to the new generation, work, W-O-R-K. The ministry is work. It takes discipline to go out and knock on doors. It takes discipline to go make a phone call. It takes discipline to build a class. Anybody can teach one, but can you build one? That means you plant the seed, you go where they are, and you tell them about Jesus. Every man's called to be that. The blind man, as soon as he was healed, went and told others, John 9, 25. The woman at the well, as soon as she got saved, what did she do? She went back and told everybody, and she brought a whole group of people to Jesus, and they all got saved. That's the Spirit. Folks, there is a work to do. Verse 26 and 27, back in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It says that the kingdom of God is like a farm. And you're like a farmer. And you you need to, uh, you know, you should cast the seed into the ground. You ought to be diligent about planting. And folks, that's the key. I really admire Brother Paul Chapel out in California. He has thousands. I think he has 25,000 in Sunday school. That's more than in this whole city. And he never, never sets a goal numerically. Never. You'll never hear him say, we're going for 30,000. You know what he does? He sets goals of labor. He'll say, now listen, what we're going to do is knock on 80,000 doors this week. And they do it. He said, no, we're going to hand out 100,000 tracts. And they do it. And we'll give God the glory and we'll let him give the results. amen. I like that philosophy. Amen. Don't try to go after numbers. Just be faithful to plant the seed. And let God give the increase. Number two, there's a steadfast work, but number two, there's a secret work. There's a secret work. By the way, we're co laborers together with Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, we're laborers together with God. But then the Bible says Paulus waters, Paul plants, but God gives the increase. Folks, that planting's important. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. Look it up sometime. But let me just all, uh, say secondly, there's a secret work. And this is what I want to major on. Look at verse 27, Mark chapter 4. Are you with me? The Bible says, don't you love to go verse by verse? I just love it. Tonight we'll be right into the mustard seed. Praise God if I don't uh, get hung up and uh, preach half this message. But look at verse 27. It says, and he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. He knoweth not how. Because he's not under the ground looking at that seed. He's just planting. Look at verse 28. Just the first part of it. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. The earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Now you city slickers, you ain't never planted nothing in your life. You probably don't understand the faith of a farmer. The faith of a farmer. A farmer plants a seed. One day there's nothing but dirt. Dirt. I've seen it over and over when I was down in South Georgia. And then after a few days, or maybe a, a few weeks, there's a sprouts all over the place. You know, just just a few sprouts. Like a few sprouts on my head. Amen. I just a few. Amen. I scattered sprouts. But strategically placed. But, but anyway, the farmer sees all these sprouts. It begins to spring up all over the soil. And then, then a few weeks pass, and there's some blades that appear. I'm trying to give you biblical language here. Some blades appear. And then then Uh, A few few weeks later, I don't know how long it takes. Uh, I don't get that close to a farmer because I might have to work. But the ears appear. Corn of ear, ear of corn. Ear of corn, ear of corn, yeah, corn. And then after a while, there's rolls after rolls after rolls after rolls of corn all over the place. That corn produces more corn. Now, folks, let me tell you this. The farmer cannot see and understand what's happening underground. His duty is to plant, to water, to weed, to cultivate, to fertilize. Y'all know, the, y'all know what you have to do. Put up the scarecrows and shoo off all the crows, or whatever they are, corn eaters. And folks, I want to tell you something. He doesn't comprehend what the seed's doing in secret. All he knows is that One day he's going to benefit from planting that seed. That's faith. Say amen. That's faith in the seed. That's faith in the soil. But that's faith in a living God that brings the sunshine, the rain, the climate change, whatever. And praise God, the seed comes forth. Folks, modern science have made some amazing discoveries in my life. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. It's amazing how the computer age has uh, Progress, brother Cody. Now we have a computer on our watch. I don't have one, but it'd be a nice thing, I guess. You can talk Dick Tracy, you know. You can talk to your watch. Your watch talks to you. It's a living computer. I mean, it's right there in a the little old watch. How I many you got one? Raise your little left hand. All right, that's what I thought. Amen. Uh, and and then and then uh, we have little computers everywhere. And I have an iPad that I got my notes on, 18 font, lighted back. I can see it especially because I got 10-year-old glasses on because my other one's broke and I can't see even you. So I, I know all of you all are shouting it out. I just can't hear you. But anyway, listen, listen to me. Nobody's sleeping this morning, praise God. But I'll say this. Folks, when I started in the computer age, the computers were big as a whole room and you had these punch cards and you punched the cards and you programmed the big old computer with these cards and you put card after card after card in and I didn't know what I was doing but I passed the course because I had to. And, and I remember one time I, I, I messed up, and, and he put G I G O on my computer uh, cards and sent them back in a in a envelope. It said G I G O. I said, Professor, what's G I G O? He says that's garbage in, garbage out. You put a lot of garbage in there, you're getting a lot of garbage out. That's about like your brain. Say so amen. It ought to be gospel in, gospel out. Amen. And I want to tell you something. God doesn't bless you with the gospel so you to meditate on it and memorize it and get. All Uh, deep in it you hyper Calvinist folks he's called you to go out into the world and plant the seed by faith and give God the glory when it comes to harvest not bragging on testimony time how many of you wonder the Lord folks listen scientists can do a lot of things like those computers now they're little on a watch you know it's, it's, it's amazing it's on an iPad but I want to tell you something they can absolutely now duplicate a seed. They can duplicate a seed. And folks, the seed has the same size, same shape, same composition. If you place the seed uh, that was made in the laboratory next to the seed that's produced by nature, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But when the seed are planted, the difference becomes clear. Both seeds are planted in good soil, receive plenty of sunshine, fertilizer, water, whatever they need, and the, and the seed that's produced by God or nature or from another seed will germinate and grow, but the seed that was produced in will merely rot away. Why? Scient- Scientists have learned to make a seed, but they have not learned to produce life. Folks, there's life in this seed. There's life in you. There's life in the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's life, liberty. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's something miraculous about this Christian life. It's kind of spiritual. Amen. Folks, you're not joining some religious brigade to go out and hand out the gospel. You're not some religious soldiers that's joined some cult that you've got to go around and and uh, lift up Joseph Smith, or Helen White, or Mother Mary. Folks, you're you're to call to plant the seed of life into people's hearts. And folks, I want to tell you something. No farmer, no scientist can clearly explain how a dead, dormant seed can produce life. Folks, when they bury it in the soil, it begins to swell because of the moisture received. Some say it it literally dies and disintegrates. But folks, I want to tell you what happens. Uh, This husk of the seed begins to to swell and, and, and dissipate and it draws moisture. And within 10 hours, the chemical makeup of the seed begins to change. And often it's less than 24 hours, the seed sends a tiny root downward. And the beginning of a stalk, tiny stalk, upward. As a puzzling mystery, yet the seed produces life within a short time. Sowing the gospel seeds the same way. When it's sown in a prepared heart, it's a mystery, but the seed begins to germinate. Sometimes it happens in a minute. Or, or an hour. Or sometimes it takes months. And sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. But I want to tell you something folks. When the seed of the gospel is planted. God can use it as it's cultivated. By your example of what a real Christian is. By your love. By your care. By your cultivation of, this, of, of not giving up on a soul. And by your prayers. And I want to tell you what that's called John 6.44. Conviction. When God sees a soul that's dead in their sins and trespasses and somebody cares enough to plant that seed like an ordinary farmer, it's like the King of God. God, the Holy Spirit, accompanies that seed. We plant, but God woos. We plant, God convicts. We plant, God reveals. We plant, God convinces of the death, burial, and resurrection and the reality of Christ and the the length of eternity. And folks, we do not know where the wind lists us as the Bible says when he was witnessing to John and John to Nicodemus. We don't know how we're born again, but folks, there's a seed and there's life and there's breath. And folks, it all starts when you plant the seed. Look at verse 27. It says, and, you, and he should sleep, and he rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow. He knoweth not how. We're not to know how he works, we just know he does work. That's faith. And it says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. And folks, even gives the level of Christianity here. It says, Some are First the blade. Listen to me now. First the blade. You know, that's a new life tender it's a tender life speaks of a new convert and then it says look at this and then the ear I believe that's the promise of the future fruit and mainly seen and uh, it speaks of a middle stages of a Christian and then it says a full ear look at this it says and after the full corn in, uh, in, ear, in the ear and there's the potential multiplication and And growth is a stage of victory and usefulness and glory and maturity. And it's fruit bearing. Folks, by the grace of God, you can plant the seed and God will give the increase. But after He gives the increase, you can discipleship and follow and nurture and cultivate and set the example and walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And friend, they can grow from a blade to an ear to an ear that's overflowing. What a beautiful picture that is. That's called growth. And I to tell you, folks, a lot of people give me this crazy attitude. They say, well, I'd get saved, but I just, I just don't know if I'm ready. Well, let me tell you, you're ready if you realize you need to be saved. And, folks, if you're waiting for maturity before you get saved, that makes about as much sense as going up to the hospital uh, after you get well. Or, and, folks, you've got to grow. and You've got you to mature. That's why it's all right for you to come to the altar after you've been saved. Because lost people need to realize you hadn't arrived. You're still having struggles. You're still growing. You're still fighting the devil. You still sometimes backslide, but you want to upslide. You want to get back close to God. And they realize it's not an instant success and an instant maturity. Folks, there's blades, there's ears, and there's full ears. Thank God we can see that miracle if we'll just plant the seed by faith. We've got to get the seed out of the barn. Because there's a promise about that. Isaiah 55, 11 says his word will never return void. It will accomplish what God wants. But I want you to see one more promise. Psalms 126, 5 and 6. Psalms 126, 5 and 6. I'll preach the rest of this message tonight. I've got a lot lot to, to preach about. But it set me free about the pressure of preaching. Oh, I used to pressure myself to I had ulcers. It's a big day. All these bus parents are going to be here. Oh, they've got to get saved. And, it's, and you know, I was, I was acting like it was up to me. It's not up to me. I just got to plant the seed and ask God to prepare the heart and praise God, do my best and pray and, and fast or do whatever I need to do to get myself right with God so I can plant the seed. And then God does his secret work. God does that miraculous germination God does that miraculous uh, sprout of root And sprout of stalk And thank God there's an ear There's a blade to start out with Then there's an ear Then there's a full ear of corn we'll Look at Psalms 126 real quick and I'll close Y'all have listened so well I want to I continue tonight I'm Excited about doing so Excited about being here Excited to be able to be here. Excited about getting out of bed on my afternoon nap. That's what an old preacher does on Sunday afternoon. He does afternoon nap. And some of y'all with y'all's hectic schedule, you need a sleep time. You leave here and get ready for tonight. Amen. Because who your life wears me out just thinking about it. Amen. Busy, busy, so busy. You know sometimes you got to stop and live while you're trying to make a living. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now listen to this. He that goeth forth, weeping, now listen to this, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I won't take the pressure off your ministry. It's not up to you to produce. It's up to you to be faithful. It's not your ability. It's your availability. It's not you seeing the end of a thing. It's for you to plant the seed and keep on praying. There's many a parent that's prayed all their life for their kids to get saved and they don't see their kids saved until their funeral. That's a shame and it breaks my heart, but folks, it's worth it. They might have to go to glory and see it from the balcony of heaven, hear the bells ringing and the horn sounding or whatever they do when a soul gets saved and all of a sudden they realize it's their child that they prayed for for a lifetime. But folks, I want to tell you something. Don't backslide. Don't get discouraged. Don't quit the church because somebody doesn't get saved or get right in one week. Just keep on planting because God's working a secret way, a spiritual way beneath the surface. When you you leave, He's still working. That's why I love gospel tracts. I like to leave them there and say, hey, listen, read this. I love to share the Word of God because I share the Word of God. There's a voice calling them after I leave. If I just give them my testimony, if I just give them my opinion, they're going to forget that soon. But there's something powerful about the life-giving Word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it quickens. It quickens. It's powerful because it reveals the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, The Lamb of God, the resurrection. Friend, you can't get any more powerful than that. You want some sunshine in somebody's life, wake up and tell them about the resurrection. It's a brilliant light that came out of the darkness. Woo! I'm not shouting, I'm just trying to get my breath. But folks, listen. Thank God. Thank God. Keep sowing, keep watering. Don't let the devil, the flesh, pride stop you from sowing. Don't do it. It's worth it. They might not even have an appetite for it. Just plant it anyway. I'll never get that time. Those sugar departments. That guy cussed me out. I just told the new deacon, Danny Tucker. I said, Danny, this is the most receptive town. You'll be thrilled by the receptiveness of everybody here. It's just a wonderful place to minister. Come on, go soul anyway. He said, okay, I'll go, Saturday morning. Knocked on the door. Who is it? I said, it's Wayne Cofield and Danny Tugger. from Whitfield Baptist Church. We got something we want to share with you just real quick. He opened the door, half-dressed, looked like a Gadarene maniac. He, he was rough looking. He said, I'm going to tell you something. I've had three bus captains knock on my door this morning, and I said the next one that knocked on my door, I was going to punch him in the face. I said, well, I hope you don't go to that extreme, sir. We love you, and God loves you. And I said, Danny, this is an exception. And I said, um, and and about that time, he goes to slam the door, and I don't know if I was showing off for Danny or if I was in the spirit. I put my foot in the door, and it caught right there, and I just slung a track in the door. I said, we're going to leave the seed with him anyway, praise God. We went on discouraged. About four weeks later, maybe three weeks later, Brother Larry, somebody called me and said, weeping on the phone, said, I want to apologize for you. I'll apologize to you I said what what for I thought it was one of our members I only had about 10 then you know it was right in the first of the church he said well I got baptized tonight and my pastor said during baptism service if you have any ought against anybody it's pretty good to have it Bobby Blue told him this he said he was over to Abundant Life or what? not Abundant Life whatever that church is on uh, south Abutman Road he said he said go t- tell them you're sorry He said I'm calling you up this Sunday night about 9 o'clock and I just want to tell you I'm sorry I said sorry for what He said I was the man that slammed the door on your foot and you threw that little pamphlet in my house and about 2 o'clock I had to go to the restroom and I walked through the living room and about stumbled over the coffee table and I saw that pamphlet and something said read it and I read it it bothered me about 4 o'clock I couldn't sleep again and I woke up and something told me to go back to that coffee table and read that little pamphlet again he called it a pamphlet it's a track that's an independent fundamental pamphlet and he read it again then he said I got up at 6.30 I never get up on 6.30 it was a few Saturday mornings after you knocked on our door and I read it again I fell on my knees I asked the Lord to come in my life. I went to Mama's church, which is fine. I wish you would come here. And Bobby Blue told me this morning when I was baptized, I need to apologize to anybody I offended. And I thought of you. Preacher Cofield, will you please forgive me? I said, I'll be glad to forgive you. Folks, you never know what one seed planted will do. Some time ago, an archaeologist dug into a pyramid tomb in Egypt, I guess that's where they're at. They found several jars of seed next to this mummy, wrapped carcass and uh, body. That sounds better. And these seeds had been buried with this deceased person over three thousand years earlier. Science took the, scientists took the seeds they found and planted them in some good soil, watered them cultivated them, watched over them patiently. And after time, those ancient seeds germinated. And a tiny plant pushed their way through the surface of the soil. And a tender plant matured and it produced some delicious fruit. Now, my friend, if God can preserve one of his fruit seeds for 3,000 years and it produces fruit, Don't you think God can take the seed of the gospel when it's planted and do something in the heart? God didn't call us to increase. God didn't call us to be God the Savior. God called us to be the distributor. Can I just say it in simple terms? God called you to be a farmer. God called you to have the seed of the word of God wherever you go. And then the next time you see the person look and act like a Christian smile a little bit you have to do it by faith because you just planted to see the gospel that said your life's changed. Invite them to church hey if they have a need they have a death they have an emergency be there love them cook them a cake when they're hungry cook them a meal help them out and their difficulties. And the whole time, God's using that seed, and that water, and that love, and that joy, and that peace, that concern, that faithfulness. And the fruit's coming up. Father, thank you for this parable. I needed it. Sometimes I put too much pressure on myself in the ministry. I'm surprised I don't have ulcers. I'm really surprised I got a lick of hair on my head. I'm surprised I got any kind of sanity. But God, you didn't call me to worry about the increase. You called me to plant. You called me to have faith. You called me to be a faithful steward of the gospel. And Lord, I've tried to do that. But God, I know I need to do more in the soul winning area of taking the seed and planting it. When I give it to a waitress and say she, don't, she, she just took it because she wanted the tip, I need to rebuke myself and realize that she just took a life source seed home with her. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the power unto salvation, the light of the glorious gospel, the seed that will never return void. Thank you, Lord, for every opportunity. To be your planter, to be your farmer, to be your sower. And God, may you please help us to have enough faith in Thee, Thy Holy Spirit, Thy Word, to know that it'll never return void.